Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch the podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcast and listen anytime you want. Download, listen on your ride, listen in the gym, wherever you need it, whenever you want it. It's 3.09 here on this Friday. 77 degrees and partly sunny here in Northeast Pennsylvania. We're going to jump right into this uh, today because I got my uh, good friend Ed Morrissey on the phone. He's the managing editor for HotAir.com over at Town Hall Media. He has his uh, daily podcast, The Ed Morrissey Show, and uh, does a Facebook Live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Ed, thanks for joining us on the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's been a while, my friend. It has been a while. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Yeah, I, I saw this article, and I, I just said I got to get Ed on. We got to touch base. Uh, uh, it was a great article. So, and it's basically you know some of the things that I've been talking about you know for the past two weeks. But you, you have this story out on HotAir.com. The, the AP poll: Biden approval still tanking, and the rematch no one wants. Yeah. Well, listen. Listen. I think that there's a lot of bad news in there for um, for Joe Biden. There's not a whole lot of great news for Republicans in there either. And I think that that's something that uh, we are going to have to be, you know, very much keeping an eye on as we go along. Uh, It's very clear that there isn't a whole lot of uh, broad, uh, broad support for either of the two candidates from 2020 to be renominated by their parties. Uh, 75%, this is of of all Americans now, 75% oppose Joe Biden being in the the race next year. 70% or 69%, I believe it is, that uh, oppose Donald Trump being on the ticket. Now, obviously this is not talking just in the realm of primary voters in both parties where both men have more support. But, I mean, this is a general electorate look at, uh, at a America that doesn't want not just a rematch of 2020, but doesn't even want either of the 2020 candidates in there. And yet the two, the two big political parties seem to be moving towards giving them exactly that, exactly what they don't want. Yeah, and, and I just don't get it. We, 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 I've been talking about it here, and it, it's, it's, it's a subject here where you get it from all ends. If, if you're critical of Trump and say, you know, listen, we got to move on as a party. We have to look forward. You know, you have the, that, that, Trump, that Trump clan out there that just viciously comes after you and attacks you. No, it's, I'm, I'm gonna, if it's not Trump, it's no one. Well, then you're just giving it to Joe Biden. So I, I don't understand that mentality. And, and when you look at just GOP polling, Donald Trump is looking at about 73%, 74% just in, in conservatives and Republicans. And he's going to need all of that plus about 8%, 12 to 8 to 12% of independents and, and Democrats to, to get anywhere in a general election. And I just don't, with him only having 75%, 73% now, I don't see it. I don't see it either. I, I will tell you why that we're, we're in that is because the internal structure of both parties is sort of attuned to that. For Biden, he's the incumbent president, right? So unless there is a really good reason uh, to dump your um, to dump your incumbent president, every party, you know, both parties in that situation would renominate the president. Now we can certainly argue that there is good reason to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to get um, Joe Biden out of there, he's you know clearly uh, not capable of uh, being um, in charge. I mean, very, very clearly, this is a guy who is just 
not competent any longer and is barely, barely, barely hanging on in terms of being able to um, to do the job. Uh, but that's a obviously that's a decision the Democrats have to make. For Trump, the um, the issue is is that you've got a lot of people who are very very resentful about the way that um, lawfare has been conducted against Donald Trump. They're still very resentful of what they see as the irregularities, at the very least, of the uh, 2020 election, and feel that justice demands that Donald Trump be uh, reelected to the presidency. Now, that's certainly you know an arguable position, right? The problem is is that you're probably not going to have enough support for that position among the general election to to carry the day. That, I mean, certainly that's that's still left to be seen, right? So you can say, well, you know, that's that's just your you know, that's, you can do the Big Lebowski thing. Well, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> but I mean, that's why we do polls. And that's while polls are not exact, the numbers on this particular Associated Press NORC poll, um, they're large. Yeah. <laughs> These are large, large numbers. This is not something that is within any stretch of the idea of some sort of, um, um, you know, polling bias here or sample bias. There is a sample bias in this poll, by the way. But, I mean, this is what we're seeing here is way outside of that. It's just way outside of that. So um, that's the reason why we're kind of going into this uh, dead end, I think, is is really the only way that you can put this. This is a dead end. We're about ready to get into a dead end here. And I don't think that there's any real way out of it. Yeah, and I think we're both, you know, pretty much on the same page. Is, is I just don't see Donald Trump getting to the votes needed to, to win that electorate in 2024. I mean, if you look at the polls now, again, they're early polls, they're pre-primary polls. I get that, you get that, but you said they're so out of the norm with the, with that plus or minus that you really have to take it seriously. And I think that's why you're talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. I, I think in your story, you, you tweeted Byron York, who who did some good work on it, and. Uh, so, so I think it's pretty clear. I, I just don't see him getting that threshold. If you look at independents, if you look at Democrats, if you look at Republicans who are now fully supportive of him or, or against him, he just doesn't reach that, you know, that 53, 54 percent that he's going to need to get over that threshold to get those electoral votes. But with the Joe Biden and the Democrats, there's just this bigger dynamic. Yes, you know, he gets the he gets the blessing to be the guy because he's in the office now regardless. But with his conditions, with the way he is, his age, just simply his age, let's take that, and a Kamala Harris is a vice president, do you have moderate Democrats say, you know, I can't vote for him because I can't see him as being stable, and I don't want a Kamala Harris. So what do they do then? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. What do they do? Because right now what you're talking about here is, again, the uh, – what's what's the right term that I'm trying to use? It's a, it's a stalemate. Kamala Harris was brought to this ticket to be the future, right? So even if you have Biden retire, you almost then have to uh, go with Kamala Harris. That was sort of the deal that was made. That's certainly expressly what Joe Biden had promised uh, when he appointed her, or not appointed her, but chose her for a running mate. And so if if he's not your candidate, and you find somebody else other than Kamala Harris, all of a sudden the promise to make sure that the next ticket is more diverse than their previous tickets looks like a lie. And there are going to be 
uh, interest groups there that are going to be very, very angry with that. If that's the result, they're going to be very, very angry with that um, with that result. But but interest groups are not. I mean, she was disliked across the board during the Democratic primary. It's not like she has the the backing. I, you know, I, again, they'll go to identity politics, but she doesn't have the backing of, of the party at all to, to be that person. So do they look to run with a different vice president or I mean, I, I don't see what they don't have a bench at all. They actually do, but the problem is, is that the, their bench is not being is not being well touted, and in part because of this diversity demand. Right again, it goes back to the 2020 election. Remember in 2019 that the Democrats really were claiming that they were going to run a a a black female for president. They really wanted to run a black female for president in order to make the claim of being the most diverse party and that sort of thing. And it didn't work because the one person whose hopes that rested on was Kamala Harris, and she flamed out. For some reason, Joe Biden picked her rather than, say, Val Demings, who would have been the smarter choice, uh, to be vice president, even though she had already shown how incompetent of a campaigner she was. And since she's been in office, it's become very clear that she's not competent as an office holder either. Or even as as a campaigner, she is she offers nothing but word salads. It's 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 an ongoing uh, sort of a joke, political joke, and they can't rest their hopes on her. But who do you who do you have on the bench other than Kamala Harris? You've got Gavin Newsom, who's a white male. You've got um, uh, Roy Cooper, maybe who would probably be be a a pretty decent uh, competitor, but he's another white male. Uh, you've got uh, uh, you've got maybe Jared Paulus in Colorado, who's a white male, but he is you know he's gay, so at least it checks a diversity box of sorts for um, for Democrats. But I mean, it's a, they're in a jam. They don't have anybody that they can point to and say, oh look, this is this is this is where we're going to go with our diversity push post Biden. They just don't have anybody for that. And for 2024, they're pretty much just locked into a Biden-Harris ticket again because, uh, I mean, we're running out of time at this point. Right. They, they don't really have any other options. And if they push Biden out, really, they almost have to go with Kamala Harris or they're going to risk a huge rift within the party uh, just at the same time that they are trying to, um, you know, um, win another uh, election. I mean, it's, it's that bad. And so I'm back on the Republican side with 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 the math just not working out for Donald Trump you know, as we see it today. You know, before the primary, he's refusing to debate this first debate. It appears now he's come out and pr- pretty much stated that. Where do we see the, the primary, the Republican ticket going at this point? Where do we see the, the, the cast for this first debate for this for this to moving forward, you know, as far as the GOP? got the you've got eight candidates in there you've got some last minute maneuvers trying to get um uh more people into that uh, into that uh debate i i'm not sure what happens there i think it's the first scrimmage i guess of the season so we're not really sure how people are going to react on that i mean i think after this we're going to get a better a better sense of the, the candidates you've got you know ron DeSantis. they had this incredibly dumb memo uh, from never back down with with the idea that he should um, defend Donald Trump in the debate <laughs> at the same time that you know Donald Trump is taking every single opportunity he's got to to trash him publicly 
Uh, you've got um, Chris Christie, who's going to take every opportunity to slam Donald Trump. You've got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's going to try to look like he can be presidential. You've got more known quantities. Ron DeSantis is you know, obviously the not-Trump lane leader. You've got Nikki Haley and Mike Pence, both of whom are very well-known quantities. You've got Doug Burgum, who's known in uh, North Dakota, but, I mean, is not really known very well outside of that. But he's a governor, and he's been a pretty effective governor there. It'll be interesting, but I don't think anybody's going to have a really good sense of where this is going to go until after that first scrimmage. Yeah, and then now we've just got the announcement today or yesterday that uh, Donald Trump is going to be on with Tucker Carlson on a different platform during this debate, you know, going through through his thing, probably just taking pot shots at the debate to begin with, uh, like like a Donald probably. Trump does. So that just throws a whole other dynamic into it because, you know, here he is able to say what he wants to say without being challenged whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's certainly going to be a an interesting dynamic. I'm not sure how how that's really going to play out. I mean, Tucker Carlson's on Twitter. Uh, the idea was to counter-program so it would take attention away from the debate. But, you know, on Twitter, you can just go back and check out the tweet. So a lot of people probably are just going to watch the debate, then go back and see what Donald Trump had to say, or they'll just, you know, have Donald, Tr- Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson going while the debate's going on. But my guess is that people are going to be tuning in to the extent that they tune into that Tucker Carlson Donald Trump interview it's going to be find out what Tucker Carlson does not so much what Donald Trump has to say yeah yeah I I agree there and just the mere fact that Donald Trump is not participating in this first debate turns me off on as a voter as a conservative voter I I want to see his I want to see him challenged I want to see how he reacts to it not just name calling I want to see policies I want to see ideas I want to see the things that most of American people and I know you want to see put out there to move forward for four years not the same old same old think that this speaks to how do you see how do you see Donald Trump is he an incumbent that deserves to be uh, to be protected is he instead just a, a new is this a completely new paradigm and is this something that you have to um, say look we're going to start over from scratch and that means everybody's out in the open because his argument yesterday uh, was look I'm way up in the polls don't really mean much at this, at this stage. So everybody else should just drop out and endorse me, and uh, we need party unity, um, even out of the sanctimonious, which is to, to me it's a ludicrous, it's a ludicrous approach to that. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it it's really remains to be seen, and I don't think we're going to really get a good sense of this until maybe after Thanksgiving when people realize that they're going to have to make a decision on this. Yeah, yeah, great points there, Ed. Uh, Ed, uh, I got to go. I appreciate touching base with you, and we got, we got to do this more often, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ed. And you can catch Ed Morrissey. Where can people follow your work, Ed? Uh, at hotair.com. I'm, I'm also on Twitter at uh, Ed Morrissey. All right. I appreciate it, Ed. Thanks a lot for your input. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was Ed Morrissey of hotair.com from Town Hall Media. It's uh, 324 here at WILK. We'll be back after these messages.